Shalom. I am Rabbi Michael Pont, and this is For the Love of Judaism. And I am so excited today because I have Sophie Shafrin on the program. I've known Sophie for a very long time, uh, and she is going to be talking about her work against anti-Semitism. Sophie Shafrin is an Emerson Fellow with Stand With Us, an international nonpartisan education organization that supports Israel and fights anti-Semitism. As a rising junior at Indiana University, Sophie decided to focus her efforts on building bridges between different communities on campus and inspiring tolerance and allyship with the Jewish community. She organized the first ever Culture Unity Dinner at IU, where over 70 students of different cultures shared their experiences on campus and discussed ways to support each other. As a key leader of her school's anti-Semitism task force, Sophie now has 70 new friends to call upon if she or the Jewish community need support. As a result, Sophie recently received the Roberta Said Award for Courage and Leadership. And Sophie grew up right here at the Marlboro Jewish Center. She is a local star Sophie, it is great to have you on the program today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. So Sophie, you are a passionate advocate for the Jewish people, particularly in the fight against anti-Semitism. Tell us about your personal history and your family and how that's what partly drives you in this cause. Um, Yeah. So when people ask me about my story, I always tell them it's kind of a holistic kind of experience with my childhood and growing up. Um, I'm the granddaughter of a Holocaust survivor and Having that in my background really inspired me and my brothers and really my entire family to be involved with our communities, really get in touch with our Judaism, not just in the context of going to services, but in the context of our actual community um, and the cultural aspects and going to college campus, leaving the East Coast and venturing off into the Midwest, a big constant for me was staying in touch with my Jewish community um, because of everything that my grandpa taught us. Um, And then both my brothers are, my oldest brother was in the IDF and my middle brother is currently serving in the IDF. So with both of them in Israel, it really led me to start getting involved in the pro-Israel world. And it led me to finding Stan with us and that community out there. Great. Wait, let's unpack that a little bit. Tell me more about your grandfather and what he taught you. Uh, My grandfather, he was in Poland when the war struck out and he was part of a huge family. Part of his family got rounded up. And because of that, him and his dad, after his mom and sisters had all been captured by the Nazis, they decided that they were going to flee into the woods. And he was in there as a very young, not even a man, as a young boy. And he was in those woods. He got separated from his dad for about a year at one point, and he was on his own. He had to look out for people. He had to take care of other people and take care of himself, all in his young teens. And with all the things that he went through after the war, coming to America, he couldn't get to America for a very long time, serving in the American army to, he wanted to pay back the country for letting him in and finally giving him his freedom. So with all the things that he did in his life, um, that all stemmed from him being a survivor of the Holocaust. He made sure to always teach how important being Jewish is, how important going to Israel, supporting Israel, being a part of your Jewish community. And just he was the center of Jew- of what I thought it was to be a good Jewish person. And I think he plays a big role in being the force behind what me and my brothers do. And I think I'm just very lucky to have grown up with him because without him, I don't think I would have the passion and the drive I have for this cause. 
And I think, not to speak for my brothers, but I think they would agree with me that growing up with someone like that was just really impactful and powerful. Wow, that that's incredible. So as a young boy, he was separated from his father for a year. He was in the woods. I can't write, I mean, just one of these Holocaust stories that it's so hard for us to imagine what that must have been like. But when you got to survive, I mean, you just do what you need to do. Um, but that's still what an incredible story of of courage. And so your grandfather, like, it's great that he actually spoke about his experiences and used them as a vehicle to teach you and your brothers. Sometimes survivors don't want to talk about what happened, but I'm glad that your grandfather shared all of that with you. Yes, we were very lucky that he did. And, and tell me more about, about your brothers. Uh, my brother. So I have a 25 year old brother and I have a 21 year old brother. Basically, once they graduated high school, my oldest brother decided that it was time for him to do something. And my mom found a program for him to go to Israel for five months and live there and work there and get to know the country itself. He went there and he fell in love with it. And then when he came back home, when it was all done, he talked about his friends were joining the IDF that were on the program and he was thinking about it. He didn't know what he wanted to do. And then he went and spoke to my grandma. Um, and my grandpa had passed away at this point. And he told her that, you know, he was thinking about it. He had some friends doing it. And she revealed to us that years ago, when they had first gotten married, my grandpa wanted to go and move to Israel and join the IDF, just being so thankful that there was finally a Jewish state in somewhere that he really did consider home. And it was just at the time too much of a move for my grandma. And they decided against it together. But it was something that he always did want to do in the back of his mind. And when my brother heard that, I think it was a really big defining moment in making the decision to go through the process to join the IDF. Um, and he did, and he absolutely loved it. And then my brother Andy graduated during COVID, during the pandemic, and felt like he would be missing something if he went to college in the COVID world. So he did an internship in Israel. So this way he could get some real life experience, do an internship. And from there, he absolutely fell in love with the country. And he was there in a really tough time. He was there during May 2021 when there were a lot of attacks going on. And he really learned what it's like and the way that people look out for you and, um, after that, he came home and he decided that he too wanted to join the IDF. My oldest brother made Aliyah. He still lives there and he's just a functioning member of society there. And my other brother is in the IDF and he, I just saw both of them when I went in May. And it's really amazing to see what that country did for the both of them and just how happy they are there. Wow. So as a family, you really identify strongly with the state of Israel, with your Jewish identity. You were just there in May. That's really fantastic. All right, Sophie. So tell us about Stand With Us. How did you get involved with this great organization? So Stand With Us is a, co is a nonprofit company that is bipartisan and they focus on combating anti-Semitism and also promoting Israel in a fair and positive light. They do a lot of work with media outlets to make sure that both sides of the story are being told and they do a lot with promoting Israel. I got involved with them. I actually followed them when everything started happening in May of 2021. I was a lot more aware of the situation. I started following them to get a lot of my news updates, just what was really going on and with the attacks. And I started following them. And then I got to campus and I kind of saw their logo a lot around Hillel. And then I told someone at Hillel that I was interested in working in the po political world of Israel-American relationships. And they were like, okay, like, we have an internship in mind for you. So they put me in touch with the at previous Emerson fellow at my campus. And we talked and she said that she thinks I should try this internship. And I did this internship. And at the end of it, they told me 
we have a fellowship we'd like you to apply for. And I applied for it and I got it. And that's how I ended up becoming the Emerson Fellow. All right. So it just, that's great. It all started on campus. You saw the advertising and you thought this looks good to me. Yep. Um, that's how things work. You know, you pursue your passion and things fall into place. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Sophie, how concerned should we be about hatred on college campuses? Um, I would say pretty concerned. I would say I'm at a campus where I have a ton of support, um, not just financial support from donors and things like that, but really a community-based support for a Jewish community. We have issues. They come up and we handle them as best as we can. Um, but there's a lot of schools that I know don't have the support system that Indiana has. And it doesn't mean that they're doing anything wrong. It's just they simply just can't get that support. And that is what really makes me worried. Part of the Emerson Fellowship, while it helped me with my campus, it also put me into a network of over 150 other Jewish students all over America and Canada. And then actually in March, we were introduced with the entire international cohort with students in the UK, in Brazil, in all these different countries. And to learn about all the things going on on campuses on a global stance, it was inspiring to be in a room full of the people that were really trying to combat it and work to make things better. But it was also really eye-opening to see just how how scary it would be if there wasn't a room full of us and other organizations trying to work on it. So I think while situations are being taken care of, it's it's something to think about and it's not something to just brush under the rug. It is an issue. It's not going away. Some campuses, it's getting worse. Some campuses, it's getting better, but it's definitely not going away. Yeah, I see what you mean about having you know other people to talk to, right? When you feel isolated and alone, the problem might be overwhelming, but if you can bounce ideas off of colleagues, people who are also working on the same issues, uh, then that gets the juices flowing, right? That gets, you hear what, what's been successful on other campuses and you think, oh, maybe I could try that here. And you share what's been successful for you at IU. And that really, really helps. So to be a part of a fellowship and yeah, to have what some 150, 200 people in the same place, all talking with each other, uh, that's really fabulous. That's empowering. Yeah, it, it definitely was just to, because they fly us out to California twice a year, once for the training and then a second time for the international conference. And just to be in that room was such an amazing experience to see the Jewish people coming together, remaining strong in the face of everything. It was a really powerful experience to be a part of. That's great. At the dinner that you organized, you focused on cultivating allies. So tell us why to you, why is it so important to cultivate allies when it comes to anti-Semitism? Um, I think there's a few reasons. I think being the way I grew up and with my grandpa always teaching us a lot of important values, he always made sure that even when he would talk about his experience in the Holocaust and his issues of anti-Semitism in the world, he always somehow made it very clear that the Jewish people were not the only people that go through things and that as much as we need to help the Jewish people, we also need to help others. And I think having that value so early on made me realize a lot of things that while I want to support my Jewish community, we also need to support other communities. And I think when I got to campus, I realized from an more outsider perspective, because I was new to campus, I noticed a lot of what seemed like student-based issues were happening was one, a lack of education, and obviously, lack of education just leads to ignorance, which is why educating is such an important step. But I also noticed that the Jewish community was really strong, 
but it was only as strong as itself. And because the community, at least at IU, was so constricted to itself, when issues broke out, the only people talking about it were the Jewish students. And I started thinking about things. And actually, at the Sam with Us training, we started brainstorming ways for to fix this issue because I shared that this was an issue on my campus. Um, and based on the feedback I got, they were talking about coalition building and community building. So when I got back to campus, I had we had our first task force meeting and they said they wanted to do some sort of a dinner for something. And I said, I really think that we should invite students that might not be Jewish, but are part of other groups that also deal with that duality of not only being a college student, which is hard in itself, but also dealing with issues on campus, off campus, in the real world that affect them on top of being a college student. And I really use that core shared experience between our groups to try to bring everyone together and just come for a night to discuss our issues openly with people that get it, with leaders in the communities that are dealing with all these issues. And it was really beneficial. We had someone from the ADL talk to us about dealing with relationships and how to deal with being you and not losing yourself in all these fights that we all have for equality and for justice for our communities. Um, And it ended up just, it felt like from my end, just a breath of fresh air for everyone to be able to come together and talk about it and have the support. And what we were hoping to do, and thankfully we haven't had to try it out yet, is when issues are to come up, we now have a network. We now have people that we can talk to And in the future, if any of us have issues, we have people to reach out to that can support outside of our groups. That's great. So in your experience, you've found that people on campus who are of other faiths and other ethnicities, uh, they've been receptive to, you know, concerns about anti-Semitism. Absolutely. When we had a really big issue freshman year, there's a website called Greek Rank and someone went on to a Jewish fraternities page and just said heinous things about the Jewish students on campus. There were some old stereotypes, some new ones. It was a really hard thing to hear and see as a member of the Jewish community and the Greek community. Um, but to see the way that Indiana University's administration, the student groups mobilized was breathtaking. We, The Anti-Semitism Prevention and Awareness Task Force did a Redmond's as a project and it said... Um, friends of the IU Jewish community. And it was all over campus. It was on every Greek house. It was on student buildings. It was on the administration's office doors. It was everywhere. So everywhere it let Jewish students know that they were safe and they were welcome. That's really great to hear. And of course, then you can be an ally um, for other faith communities when issues come up. That's the whole whole purpose of your reaching out and cultivating those relationships. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Sophie, I'm just curious. I mean, since you're so um, active on campus and you really put yourself out there. Um, I'm just wondering, have you personally ever been targeted for your beliefs and how has that impacted you? Um, yeah, I, the way that I've been targeted for my beliefs is a lot more of like, I find a lot of ignorance in people who don't even think they are ignorant themselves, but through conversation and when issues come up, you start to hear their blame shift kind of. And it always seems like when there's issues in the world, somehow when something's wrong, it goes back to being Jewish or they bring up the Jewish people as a scapegoat. Um, And I saw it in my personal life. I saw it on my college campus. I saw it on a national level in this country. And I just think as I've gotten older, I've just gotten more and more tired of it. And because of that, I have gotten more and more active in 
the cause. Understood. Um, I'm just wondering, I mean, you're, you're a rising junior, so you have two more years at IU. And then of course you graduate. I'm sure that you've thought about you know, your future beyond college. How do you think your work uh, with the Jewish community, combating anti-Semitism, do you think that's going to play a role in your in your future career and your endeavors? Absolutely. Being in touch with such a huge organization really early on really opened my eyes to this whole world of different conferences. And because these conferences, I've met with so many different companies and seen what they do. I've been to a Hillel International Conference. I've been to APAC Conference. I've been to an APAC Conference. I've been to Samus Conferences. I've been invited to other conferences and just to see the wide scale of how how big this community and how big this fight really is. Um, it's absolutely something I want to be involved with. I want to work in the Jewish professional world in combating anti-Semitism. It, of course, is an extracurricular in my education right now, but I'm studying political science. I'm getting a certificate in Jewish studies. Like this is not something that's temporary for me. Um, this is something I very much so I'm going to school to be able to continue fighting for these causes and continue being involved with these organizations that lead these fights. Sure. I mean, well, poli sci and Jewish studies, I mean, that's a perfect setup for what yeah. you want to do. Yeah. No question. All right. Well, look, Sophie, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Uh, I've, like I said, at the opening of this podcast, I've known you now for a very, very long time and I love your family. Uh, and I'm just thrilled. I'm so proud of you um, that you are so passionate about your Jewish identity. It's an inspiration to me personally as your rabbi. And I know to, you know, to many people who are listening, Sophie, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, again, everybody, that was Sophie Shaffron, rising junior at Indiana University. Such a pleasure to talk to Sophie. She is so passionate about Judaism and she's got so much Jewish pride. Uh, what a pleasure. And I really appreciated and I, I wanted to draw this out from her. The fact that, you know, her personal experience is part of what drives her, her childhood the lessons she learned from her grandfather, uh, being inspired by her brothers, joining the IDF, the Israel Defense Forces, but especially with her grandfather, it just it's just a reminder how you know one person can you know inspire you uh, to do so much. So never discount any conversation you have with someone. You just never know the impact that you know one moment can have on another human being. So Sophie is very passionate about anti-Semitism. And, you know, on the one hand, there is a lot to be discouraged about when it comes to anti-Semitism. There's one statistic that I'll share that, that you know, maybe sums it up. Uh, in the United States, Jews make up 2.4% of the population. Yet, according to statistics from the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, uh, about 60% Six zero percent of religious hate crimes in this country are against Jews. So we're such a small part of the population, and yet so many religious hate crimes are directed at Jewish people. Uh, that's way out of kilter. Um, and it just speaks to the fact that anti-Semitism is shockingly and really terrifyingly very much on the rise in this country and worldwide. Now, in spite of statistics like that, there are reasons for optimism. Uh, President Biden, when he took office, uh, shortly after he took office, he appointed Dr. Deborah Lipstadt 
as the special envoy to monitor and combat anti-Semitism. Deborah Lipstadt is a world-class scholar and author. She's the perfect person to, um, you know, to monitor and help combat and strategize when it comes to anti-Semitism in this country and worldwide. Uh, furthermore, at the end of May, the White House adopted a national strategy to counter anti-Semitism, including interagency cooperation. This is the most comprehensive plan to battle Jewish hatred uh, that we've seen on a government level. And finally, just one more example, one more reason for optimism. The owner of the New England Patriots, Robert Kraft, uh, started a $25 million ad campaign to stop Jewish hatred. He used his own money. He personally feels very concerned about the rise of anti-Semitism and created this you know, multimedia ad campaign, uh, bringing in celebrities and others, and even starting an iconic uh, little blue pin, uh, which I have one, which I wear proudly, all to raise awareness and to stop Jewish hatred. Um, Again, this is not, as Sophie said, this is not a problem that's going away. Uh, Celebrities, some have embraced, you know, anti-Semitic tropes, you know, just stereotypes about Jews. Social media, unfortunately, has given a megaphone to many who don't like Jews and who don't like, you know, other minorities. And that is, that leads to real world violence. Um, There are many, many examples of that against Jews and against other religious and ethnic groups. So we have to be like Sophie. We have to keep fighting this cause. But again, there are some reasons for optimism. So we shouldn't just give up hope. So again, everybody, thank you for listening to this episode featuring Sophie Schaffrin in her battle against anti-Semitism. Again, she was so inspiring. Everybody have a great day and peace out.